0: Welcome to Plato's Gravity. This is Aaron, and I
1: forgot to wear a hat today. So uh, if I don't sound as good as I normally do, it. So I woke up this morning and I was gonna put on. I you know I, I left the house, had to go grocery shopping. I was gonna put a hat on, and uh, I grabbed a, a hat, and it was a Harry Potter themed. Hat. It was a Gryffindor-themed hat. And I'm letting I, this go on much longer than normal. Well, so I decided that, like, I almost walked out and I was like, you're 32 years old. Don't do that. And I took the hat <laughs> off and I sat it down and then I didn't put another one on. And now we're here
0: uh, doing so the episode... J- which member of the show is not wearing a hat? Jason. Jason. The welcome. Thank you, Jason. Today we are excited to welcome Lauren Richard to the show. Uh, Lauren is our first a first of several kinds for the show. She is our first advanced Cicerone on the show. Um, she is the first guest we've ever had that's been on Viceland and Beerland. Those are two. Uh, I'm sorry. It's the same thing. She was on the Beerland uh, episode <laughs> of Viceland, uh, which is awesome. And I believe that she's also the first Canadian on the show, or the first person who lives in Canada. I didn't actually confirm with her if she was both of those things. I am both of those things. Fantastic. So she's the first Canadian and the first person who lives in Canada on the show. Lauren Richard, welcome to the show.
1: Let's be fair, though. We also haven't confirmed with any other previous guests on whether or not they were Canadian. That's
0: right. We could have had some Canadians on the show that we don't know about. (laughs) We could
1: have snuck right in there.
0: Yes. I mean, it's not hard to come from the north to the United States. It's it's much...
1: it's not nearly as much scrutiny that side of the uh that side of the country.
0: If we have any listeners who um, <laughs> who are fans of uh Oh, gosh, I can't think of it now. This is terrible. This is terrible radio. <laughs> Podcast, the goal. game If we have ah. any Game of Thrones uh, people, they might really appreciate the reference of how easy it is to come from the north, but maybe we don't have any. Hi, game of Lauren. How's life? Yeah.
2: Hi. It's, uh, oh, it's good. <laughs>
0: so it's cold, cold up here. Um. So let's talk about. Uh, I don't know what's more interesting the fact that you're in advanced Cicerone or that you um were on the Viceland Beerland episode. So let's go. Actually. That's ridiculous. This show starts with us talking about a beer. So we're drinking uh, a similar beer today. Hold on. We're going to take a
1: step back. Let's all take a breather. This is the
0: worst open of the show ever. We're going to
1: take a breather. Right now, Aaron is out of sorts. We have moved studios. I'm out of
0: my studio. Uh,
1: The normal studio. There are heavy winds here. The power is out. So we have transferred to Aaron's mother-in-law's spare bedroom.
0: There's a doily really close to me, which never happens during recording. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it should probably happen more. So, okay. So, Aaron, we start off the show
0: with... We start off uh, by sharing a beer with our guest. So, Lauren, can you talk about why we are drinking the beer we're drinking today and tell us what it is?
2: Well, um, I've got a barrel-aged uh, hibernation ale from Great Divide. So, I picked this up last spring when I was writing my advanced Cicerone for the second time and I was down in Denver. Mm-hmm. Sweet. And uh, we don't get a lot of access to uh, to American beers up here, and uh, we he- I've heard a lot about Great Divide, so... I picked this up,
0: Denver. and now we're drinking
2: it, which is great.
0: It's fantastic. Yeah, we're lucky uh, Jason found one in our bottle shop. So we're drinking a 2016. Lauren is drinking a 2017. So that's always fun. If we were in not uh, far away from each other, we could compare. But now we just have <laughs> to trust our tasting notes. So uh, what do you think of it?
2: I think it's nice. It's. I thought it was going to be a little bit chewier, and it's not. It's actually pretty easy to drink. But mine still has a lot of... Caramel on it. It's not, it's just a, like a touch oxidized, but nothing to really take away.
0: Yeah, I was actually so, it's nice. uh, I thought that ours was going to be more oxidized because there was stickier on the top, and sometimes that's a mm. bad sign, but I don't catch any of it. it. I mean,
1: I think there's an interesting, there's something I'm picking up with, uh, like on the nose, in the nose. I'm picking up in the nose because that's where I smell at um, that is uh, a little strange. And I honestly, I thought it would be a little.
0: More barrel-y? Yeah, I don't I don't get a lot of the the barrel. I feel like I'm really bad at barrel. Sometimes I think things have been in a barrel and they're just a hoppiness of a certain kind. <laughs> or like a vanilla-ness,
1: a vanilla-y, uh, a milly vanilla
0: ness Yeah, do you get vanilla in the 2017 version?
2: Yeah, I get a lot of barrel in this one, actually. I was oh. going to say it's like a ton of vanilla, a ton of like not like oak or anything, but it's definitely barrel-aged. Mine's big and boozy. And really, really lots of
1: caramel. Maybe it just – maybe the extra year in the bottle, it just kind of uh, mellowed a little bit. Or maybe it was – maybe the cap was a little loose.
0: I feel like I am a huge fan of the the big, super hoppy IPAs that were popular like 10 years ago. But I super appreciate how this thing definitely has the presence of hops, but that they're not crushing you and they're in really good balance. And I feel like – Sometimes when we just want to have hot bombs, we kind of lose the appreciation for well-balanced beers, which this seems to be.
2: Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm i into it. I mean, yeah. it's a lot for like midday on a Sunday, but um, I'm going to feel nice and warm and toasty, and you're going to get some mm. good stories. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I uh, I like it because we uh, we're sharing a bottle. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. Is yours a bomber? Yeah.
1: Is yours like the full pint?
2: Um, it's a, uh, it's a little guy.
0: Okay. What is it? It's,
2: no, it's, yeah, it's the 355 mil. Okay.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, so we're, we're all having roughly the same amount, as long as I don't steal yeah. some of this from Jason, because it is very good. <laughs> Step off.
1: So <laughs> you, if, okay, so you're an advanced sommelier. Uh, that is not the right word. What is the, what is the word?
0: Uh, Cicerone. Cicerone. Good lord.
1: <laughs> yes. What is the difference? Yes, finally. Explain finally. to me, because I'm, uh, I feel very silly now, what is the difference what are we What are we talking about when we talk about one versus the other?
2: Sommelier versus cicerone. Yeah. Know? Well, I mean, sommelier has always been tied to a wine,
1: a okay. wine sommelier.
2: So um, I think they just wanted to have their own word. So cicerone just became the word that was adopted through the organization that started in Chicago. But okay. um, in Canada, we have another organization called Prudhomme. So it's, it's a little bit different. Um, And they do refer to themselves as beer sommeliers. So they haven't really – because Cicerone's a protected word. So um, it's not necessarily something that all beer programs can adopt. But I chose to do Cicerone even though it was through the States just because it is more established and a little bit more internationally recognized. And um, I just found it went more in-depth. So that's the one that I went with.
0: So there's different levels of the Cicerone program. Did you like step up through the levels or can you just jump straight to advanced if you study well and take it –
2: no, you have to go through the levels and um, there's no uh, there's no courses or anything like that. They have in recent years um, put a few um, like shorter courses online where you can go through, I think, you know, beers from Germany and things like that. But in general, they give you a syllabus, they give you recommended reading and you just do it at your own pace and then you you write the exam when you're ready. So the the first level is just an online kind of quick, uh, multiple choice. I don't know if it's a half hour or an hour or something like that. Right. I think it's a half hour. It's pretty like, if you're, if you're serving in like a beer bar and you've been around beer, it's mm. not going to be difficult for you to just get through that. And then you're a certified beer server, but you don't get to use the Cicerone title yet. And sure. then once you pass the Cicerone, which is a four and a half hour exam, there's a majority is written and then a small, uh, 45 minute tasting portion. Um, then you can say you're a certified Cicerone and then the advanced, which is a ten hour exam, or about nine and a little bit of a break. Um
0: cool. That's uh it's a long day. It's <laughs> a lot it's of a, beer.
2: It's, it's a long day. And I wrote it three times, so I've spent thirty hours writing that friggin' exam.
0: That um, uh oh, that's that a lot nice. of thinking about beer.
2: It's a lot. It's definitely a lot.
0: <laughs> so in preparation, that's a lot of I presume that's a lot of drinking beer. Uh how does that how do you kind of keep a good like balance with that?
2: Right. Yeah, I think that's the, a misconception that a lot of people do have is that mm. that's what I'm doing when I say I'm studying. But um, I'd say the first time around I did a lot more drinking beer and I didn't pass. So uh, by the, the the final time of writing, there was very little drinking beer and just a lot of, a lot of reading. Because um, once I passed the tasting, which I did in Denver, I didn't really have to do that again. So I, oh. I basically didn't drink like leading up to um,
0: the third leading up to my
2: third one yeah I just I honestly wasn't drinking I was just sitting at home and really just 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 reading and doing as much as I could not under the influence which really really helps actually
0: so you decided to become uh, a Cicerone and then an advanced Cicerone you work in the beer industry you manage a bar you're the curator of beer at that bar is that the the primary motivation or is beer something that you were interested before before you either came to that job
2: uh, definitely. Before I came to this job, uh, I've been doing it in Toronto for I feel like it's seven years, but I also feel like I've been saying that number for years. Um,
0: <laughs> I know that, you know, I know that feeling. I'm yeah. like, I
2: don't know, seven years. Um, seven but- years. You don't
0: age either. I'm sure that's perfect. <laughs> just I'm it's timeless. Just 29 years um, old.
2: I moved, I moved to Toronto. I've been here almost 12 years, which seems insane. Hmm. Uh, moved here when I was 17. I went to school for singing and dancing and that is, was going really well. And I, I had an ankle injury that sort of led to other injuries and, um, got fairly discouraged and sort of stopped dancing. So I was bartending cause that's the only way I could figure out how to make some money. And sure. it just wasn't, it wasn't really gratifying to just, uh, to just be doing that. But I, I had a boss that was really passionate about craft beer. I feel like this was back when there was 20 breweries in Ontario right. and now there's like hundreds. So it's it's really become quite insane. But at the time we basically carried the flagship from every brewery that existed here. And he was super passionate. His name's Drew and, and he taught me kind of everything that he knew at that time. I just took it and ran with it. And since then I – I found out there was, you know, the certification that I could do. I could maybe turn it into an actual career and I've always loved, um, performing. So it was sort of like, well, maybe I could do some public speaking. Maybe I can take this and turn it into Brave. something really interesting. So, um, I've continued to work in bars, but then I, I freelance on the side. Sometimes I, you know, I, I'm the spokesperson for different brew, uh, like uh, festivals and I can, do live tastings on tv and things like that so it, mm-hmm. it kind of all comes together right all your skills just right. come together yeah. to help you and yeah, well, now i'm here which is not what i would have imagined a decade ago when i moved here to sing but it's all been really fun
1: it's so weird how like life kind of winds <laughs> around like that that's such a cool story
0: so um Have you, like, how often would you say you have the opportunity to kind of talk publicly about beer as a result of of being a Cicerone or just being really involved in the beer industry?
2: It kind of ebbs and flows. It just depends. Um, I've been doing a lot more work with festivals. So um, I kind of pitched them the the full package deal of, like, I can come and do your staff training. I can, you know, I can come do a, a guided tasting at your festival. Um, I could set up a booth at the festival and break down your menu, and people can approach me. And if they want to just talk about beer, if they if they don't really know what they like, or if they think ah, I'm not really a beer drinker, but mm-hmm. uh, what you know, what what should I try? And um, it's really fun because then throughout the night, uh, I have people coming back, and you kind of curate their whole evening. They're like, okay, what's next? Like, so that's been a fun job that I've been doing. I have actually another festival coming up this weekend so all this week i'm doing their their media uh radio things like that um so it comes up but like like any freelance job i'm always looking for new companies to work with and different opportunities and it's kind of like anything if a company wants to hire me to come to their staff party and do a cheese pairing it's like you know it could be anything
0: so if somebody if somebody kind of puts you in a position where they ask they're asking you to curate their evening and you have a selection of beers uh, available to you at any given time uh, depending on the festival that you're at, what questions would you ask someone who kind of approaches you and says, "Hey, what should I drink tonight?"
2: Well, I I always like saying like you know what, what you ask the basic questions like what do you like drinking if you were picking something out right now like what would you pick first? But then people always say, "Oh, I like everything." Right. And that's not true. It's never true. So I'm like, well, <laughs> you need to give me something more specific because. So I don't know. I just I. Or your job is really just, easy
0: in this case. <laughs> you just you have that.
2: Well, sorry, what did you say?
0: I say well, or your job is just really easy because it doesn't matter what you tell them to drink. You just like yeah,
2: it. right. I'm like, and they're like, oh, well, give me what you would drink. I'm like, well, this could go like horribly awry if I don't know if you like sours or if you like imperial stouts or anyway. So I yeah. usually just give them like key words. It's like you're looking for something, do you like, I don't know, I'll just give them buzzwords, like tropical, or like hazy, bitter, and like, do you want something fruity, do you want something sour, like what do you, or I, another thing to start with is like, what don't you like? Right, like, if you're like, I really am just not into something sour, I really don't want something fruity, and then you just kind of narrow it down, but.
0: Awesome, so kind of, can you talk about like, I'm sure that in doing this, your palate has evolved and changed over time, so can you talk about, um, your, we're going to call it, we have a, we like to make up words on the show. And I think we're (laughs) our last guest, uh, uh, who is, uh, Jen, uh, General Romanisak-Kant suggested that we have one called Bajourney or Beer Journey. <laughs> and then Adam, B-Journey. our- Journey. F- yeah, Bajourney. It was, it was a brainstorm. It was good. In fact, it, it almost yeah. won. And then Adam, our faithful listener and, and feedback giver, suggested that we call it your Brusade, which I like better. Ooh. It's really good. Adam did a nice job. He thought about it a lot. He is really thoughtful. So can you talk about your brusade? Like what beers did you drink um, before can, you were a Cicerone? Can, can, and,
1: can, I, can I start the question off? So like- Yeah, you can re- it. Rewind when, well, just as a, like a, a starting off point when you first moved there you started working at this bar that had um all the craft beers available locally what was the thing that like oh like the beer that opened your eyes
2: i had um it was all like when i think back on it it's very basic you know it was like this blonde ale and then another blonde ale right and then another blonde ale somehow i have like tasting notes on all of them and and I still have the tasting notes from that first job. I keep them in my tasting beer book, which was like my Bible for writing the Cicerone. So it's like my bookmarker. Nice. Um, but it's funny to read those notes because I'm like, <laughs> some of them are just so wrong. They're just not <laughs> anywhere near what that beer tasted like.
0: But they were but, right for you that day, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I I remember this one beer from Wellington, which has been, it, they're, they're an older brewery in Ontario. They've been around forever. It was just a, uh, you know it was an ale but it wasn't dark and it was just a little bit more full-bodied than a blonde it had a little bit more bitterness than i was used to but not quite as much as a pale ale and i think it was just like that was i was like i didn't know beer could taste like this i didn't know it could be so interesting but you know it wasn't aggressive it wasn't dark it was just sort of like my introduction it was just a nice easy introduction
0: so and then like what was is there a beer that you didn't like that you now like
2: Yes, definitely. my first sour when I was introduced, and this this same manager drew um introduced me to Rodenbach for the first time that mm. was uh, to my knowledge, the only sour that was available in Ontario at that time that was being imported. no one was making a sour here right um and uh and once he explained what it was and you know the the bacteria and the, and the bugs and how you know the traditions uh you know they don't really clean the breweries and things like that because you need, you need all those like really wonderful, good bugs to do their, their magic. And at that time I couldn't get my head around it. And I thought that was just horrifying
1: Mm.
2: and it really was an acquired taste. But then once you acquire it, which didn't take long, it was like, it's, I find sours like authentic, like Belgian sours are so addictive because you're like, that quenchy, like that you crave right. them almost. So, so now like once that's come full circle, obviously my palate's changed quite a bit.
0: So. Right, you still like to go back to those blond ales.
2: I do, honestly. It's we've had a big resurgence in like in pilsners and Hellas, right. and all these loggers are coming out of Ontario. And a, a couple years ago, I think. They weren't quite there yet, but now it's like we've got so many crispy, delicious lagers being pumped out. Like two breweries right now just pumped out a middle of the winter lager seasonal. Like just mm-hmm. a straight, so just it's, a straight lager. So it's like, cold enough there. They're are, fantastic.
0: Are they? Do you have breweries there that are like traditionally lagering, like just using the outdoor weather or?
2: i mean i'm sure there are honestly i can't keep up with what's going on in ontario right now it is a little nutty it's every week there's a new brewery opening and i'm sure there's some people doing some fantastic stuff i'm still just trying to keep up with with that but like there's a a brewery on the east end here in toronto called godspeed um luke is just fantastic um he uh, he went to the Czech Republic and learned all about like Czech lager brewing, and he's having a big lager festival this weekend. Nice! And everyone's so hype on it, and I think that's fantastic because I think it's, um, you know, I'm I'm not a slave to the BJCP, but I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. When I homebrew, I, I I use it as a base and then I kind of go rogue and I don't really make anything to style. But I think it's really important to to acknowledge the history and this. So styles are so important because it, it's just, it's the history and you kind of just have to know where it all came from. So he's doing a big Czech lager, like authentic, as, as authentic as he can be doing here. I think the Czech embassy is coming, like it's a whole thing.
0: Oh, that's pretty, so that's So it's
2: really cool, badass. like this collaboration that they've done and um, yeah, people are just really excited about drinking really well-made lagers and it's also helping macro drinkers to yeah. realize that craft beer is not all IPA and it's not all sour because sour um it, everyone was making sours for a while so they're realizing that it's it's everything if there's something they're looking for in a beer like it exists in craft beer it's it's very approachable so i think it's great
0: yeah that that's fantastic so you mentioned uh homebrewing so I, I asked a question about this so how long where in your in your journey did you start home brewing?
1: bruce aid sorry.
0: sorry your bruce aid
2: in my bruce aid yeah very recently um i would say i had dabbled more like helping other people over the past few years but like guys said I really was just doing the education and not so much the hands-on so when mm. this this beerland thing happened it was honestly a massive fluke I still laugh <laughs> at the fact that I was on it because of how it happened essentially you know the casting team was in town and they were talking to people about like who should we talk to um you know what kind of bars should we go to and I, I was sort of helping them find people like I had a buddy, um, who was chosen for the show, Mike, he, um, he recommended they talk to me so I could help, um, navigate them around Toronto sort of. And the more we talked, uh, the more they were like, well, we do need one more person. Um, How which about you want to brew something. I'm like, well, I have the equipment and like I could, but I'm not really a brewer. So they were like, okay, well, we're interested in the fact that you study and then your brewing helps you, you know, be able to maybe talk about it better and things like mm. that. So you're kind of the opposite versus brewers that brew and maybe they don't make good beer. So then they study. So right. They yeah. They were like, we'll do, we'll we'll pitch it in the sense that you kind of got into brewing the other way around. So um, nice. um I, I did something really wacky. Like the, the beer that I made was was definitely ambitious because I wanted to use fruit but I didn't have they didn't give us a lot of time so I didn't have any time for a secondary fermentation to fully ferment like a beautiful fruit beer so uh, so what I did was I took uh, golden berries smashed them up in a ton of vodka and sous vide them for an hour and extracted in a in an hour like a really potent extract and then essentially just dumped that all in with passion fruit puree and secondary and scienced my temperature and fermented it out as fast as possible. So in under 2 weeks I was I was start to finish wow. primary secondary fruit beer with a bit of acidity somehow. So it and I did it multiple times and it I was able to rip, repeat it. So anyway, it was a really interesting experience because I just uh, uh it was a huge experiment and it it paid off and it was cool. Yeah.
0: So, this is just my question. So, so you... you. uh Spoiler alert for folks who haven't seen Laura Richard on on Viceland's Beerland. She wins and gets to brew at a brewery. What? Uh, yes. Oh, no, I don't. What? Wait. What? <laughs> I was mistaken. I
2: don't... Like, I didn't win the whole thing.
0: You didn't win the whole... Th- what?
2: No. Oh, is this why I'm on the show?
0: No, no, you're the on the thing. show. We... we... <laughs> no, no, we invited you to the show before you knew we were going to be on Beerland.
1: Yeah, we... That is true.
0: A long That's time true. ago. Um... But, hold, hold on. Hold on. let we, we, Wait, we, we back up. We've okay. messed up. You tell the story. So,
2: so I was one of the, uh, the four brewers in Toronto, and I won the Toronto episode. So, that was pretty crazy. So, I got to go to LA and compete with my beer again in LA against people from all over the states. Right. But I was representing Canada, which is pretty cool. It's a big
0: place. A big place.
1: It is, in fact, a huge place. <laughs> a huge it place. is a beautiful <laughs> place. What is it? What is the craft beer scene like in like? At what point? Okay, so in in the states, craft beer kind of started picking up in the nineties, right? And then it really took off in the two thousands. Does did that happen the same way in Canada, or had there always been an underlying um craft no. beer scene?
2: I, yeah, I would say no. Just. I've always felt like we were very much behind the States. It was always very elusive and exciting when we got to drive down to the border and go to Buffalo and, and walk into your liquor store, even like a decade ago and look around and just be like, what is all of this? This is incredible. So we've really had our boom in the last decade. It's been insane. Um, But I, I think people just generally say like, Oh yeah, we're 10 years behind the States in terms of brewing. Like it's, we're catching up, but, but it's become closer and closer. Like I find maybe five years ago, a trend that was like massive down in like, you know, California or something, mm. but it hit here like six months later or, or longer than that. And now it's like, as soon as a trend's happening, people are on top of it. They're making, they're trying to stay with it, like um, trying to match it. So that's been interesting to watch. Well, I think what's, um, what's
0: interesting is it seems like that five, the five 10 or 10 years behind the state's, is interesting, but you talked about lagers coming back and hellas coming back. And that's very much similar to what's happening among like the, the hardcore brewers in the States. There's, there's definitely the new England IPA thing, but there's also this like groundswell of people who are just like, I like to drink lagers and that's what I'm going to brew. It's make a
1: good solid yeah. crisp yeah. beer.
2: Yeah. So, I guess that's kind of like what I, what I'm saying with people just everyone's not, not on par, but I mean, everyone's very aware of what everyone's doing now and, and really trying to stay on top of it. So, yeah,
0: Cool. So, um, what's is, is there like a what's your go to beer? And I hate asking this question of people, but I do it all the time. What's your Ooh. what's your go to beer? And then you get to basically pick the situation because I feel like it's a situation dependent question, which is why it's a, a shitty question.
2: Yeah, I I really uh, for a long time I wasn't really I was one of those people that just wasn't drinking anything you know in a row. I wasn't going to just have a case of something. Yeah. I you know, I go to right. bars that have a, you know, great selection and I just kind of drink five ounce here, five ounce there, but there, there um, are too many I different mean, right, things to try. I, I know it's just too many things, yeah. and I'm trying to keep up with, you know, for educational purposes, I'm trying to keep up with what everybody's doing. It's nearly impossible.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but I like I said, been drinking a lot of lager. So I would say right now there is a Hellas from Leftfield Brewery. Leftfield's Great. one of my favorite breweries in Ontario. Love them, um, but yeah, they just did a, a seasonal lager midwinter, and definitely drinking a lot of those after work. So when I've done my long shift, don't have to think too much about it i don't have to think about right. the beer it's just a really good lager
0: yeah just let's it's crushable quaffable quaffable is yeah. a good word good. Just too many s- stop
1: alliterating
0: sir. <laughs> i don't know if i
2: like that word or hate that word <laughs> quaffable,
0: <said>. quaffable? <laughs> um, we can, i mean I, I i officially love the word so if you want to not love it that's it's fine there's enough love for it on the show
1: um, so, hold on. So, okay. This was a question I wanted to ask. And I'm so sorry that we keep jumping around. I'm not that sorry. No, it's fun. This is what you do, Jason. It's when, fine. When, yes, the show. So, 30 hours in, right? You've taken this test for 30 hours to get to yes. the advanced Cicerone. And look at me. I'm learning. I said the correct one this time, right? Yeah. Cicerone's oh, thank great. God. Look at me. Um, <laughs> what is... Do you celebrate? Do you know immediately? Like, how long after do you find out? That you are in advanced cicerone
2: uh it takes a while uh,
1: okay.
2: I think it's like four to eight like six to eight weeks or something okay um but both like all three times I got my results early, so you're like, okay, maybe I'll get it next week, and then you get the email so okay, it sneaks up on you. um it was weird. I would say the first time I wrote it, I got in, I turned the exam over, and i th- I was like, "Oh no." <laughs> Right. This is going to be a ten hours of a huge problem, oh. and it was very stressful. <laughs> oh, it was, no. it's very, very stressful, and you feel like uh, very overwhelming. But I was in, um, so the first time I wrote it was in, um, was in uh, San Diego. Beautiful, okay. beautiful San Diego. Mm. And I, I do these trips alone, which is very like therapeutic for me. Sure. So afterwards, I get to visit all these breweries that I've heard about and go to the beach, and you know, just. Celebrate that I got through this. And I, yeah. it was so the first time was very cathartic, and it was really like, okay, wow, I did that. Um, I have a lot of work to do. It was really humbling and got my results. I wasn't shocked. Second time I wrote it in Denver, I worked my butt off, but that was, I wrote it right after Vice, which was, you know, I never expected in January to get cast in this show, you know, February, make it to LA, have to. Brew another beer, go to LA, and then immediately a few weeks after I returned, I had to go to Denver and write my exam. So mm. that took away months of you know time that I could focus. So I didn't reschedule it, and inevitably, of course, I failed again. Um, but
0: Ner- I, once again, was the same, in right? lovely
2: Denver, visiting all these breweries, made the most of it. Climbed a mountain, got super lost. Um, <laughs> you know, got some really fun. Ridiculous stories that my mom hates out of that trip. <laughs> I was gonna say, and, I
0: made the most and, of it and got lost in a mountain are not things that I would say together. It's, I'm okay yeah, with no, it. I think like, it sounds you know, like it a all, good trip. It
1: all
2: was after you go through something like that. Um, it you just you need a release, and I was like, I'm just gonna climb a mountain. <laughs> Sweet, and that's what I did, and and it was you know it, it, when I got the results back for that one, it was it was hard. That was a hard one because I just barely failed i failed because i misread an essay question essentially i wrote wrote about the wrong kind of adjunct in an essay question and i was like this is unbelievable so that was hard but then when i wrote it in phoenix just recently in november um i felt really good really strong i was like you know i just felt it was just amazing to get through it and then when i got my results. Uh, it was the complete opposite reaction than I expected to have because it's this is something I've been working on for years. It's been very emotional each yeah. time I write it and I got my results and I, honestly, a lot of people don't know this, but i I like cried for like a week, but like not right. happy tears like I was like really upset like like walking around my neighborhood calling my mom, like, like really upset being like, what do I do now? Like, what's the point What's the of next this? thing, right? What, oh. Like now, now I did it. Like I, I yeah. passed. And now I have to, um, I guess the overwhelming feeling was like, okay, I did it. I got it. Now I have to prove that. And now I have to, and now I have to use it, you know? Right. So it was sort of like, I put everything on hold saying like, well, yeah, I, you know, I'll do that, but I've got to pass this exam. I've got to pass this exam. And then that wall came down. And it was like what oh, do I, shit. Do now? I, I now I gotta like work in this industry, it's gonna be tough, it's a lot of freelancing and it's am I gonna make a career out of this? <laughs> and this is what I'm really doing. So yeah, no, it was a bit overwhelming and I got through that weird lull and now I'm feeling like, okay, this is great. Like I've got all the tools to 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 succeed and like yeah, just it's 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 humbling too because you always have to surround yourself with people that that know more than you. Right. And, and I'm thankful to have so many, so many credible brewers in Toronto. So my new thing right now is getting into as many brew houses as I can and learning from brewers and like being hands on. And it's, it's awesome. So I'm still learning every day.
0: So have you gotten, so like one of the, we've interviewed a couple of brewers here, professional brewers. And one of them said they were doing a collaboration. And then I was expecting them to say that they were collaborating with another brewery. Cause that made sense to me, but then they were just collaborating with a bar and I had never heard of that model. Have you done any of that? Like as the manager of a, of the bar working with a brewery to, to, to get a product that you think will sell well?
2: Yeah. I'm kind of working on a few of those right now. And it's been the, you know, the conversation of like, do we brand it as the bar like collaboration or do we brand it as me? Like sure. as Lauren or as my potential new brewing name, which is, I'm also working on, you know, having an actual like brewery name eventually. I'm not okay. sure. Sweet. Um, so it's kind of like how do we brand it but like right now it's just kind of like a collaboration with me as as beer girl but we will be carrying it at the bar as well so
0: that is awesome yeah. so we are going to take a quick break right now and then when we come back we're going to ask you more about kind of how being a an advanced Cicerone has affected the work that you do both in the bar and then professionally outside of that because it's a really um uh, i think there's a, a lot there so we'll take a quick break and then we'll come right back Welcome back from the break. This is Aaron. And, and I exist sometimes. And this is Jason, and we're back with Lauren Richard. And so we talked about – we we want to talk about – so you, you became an advanced Cicerone. You work in the beer industry. Can you talk about uh, not so much how be- – Like getting the title has changed your beer procurement process because obviously the learning happens before you get the title. Can you talk about how the studying and the learning and the drinking of the the beer, even though you mentioned that it's not all about the drinking, has affected the quality of beer at your bar and how it affects your approach to your work?
2: Right. Um, Yeah. No, I think it's just been a great experience with the bar I'm at right now because we carry only short cans, which to you, those are called cans, the 355 mils, um, but we don't have those up here. Um, we use, we We use, do, we we use, now, we use but, a
0: different measurement system, so they're 12-ounce cans.
2: Uh, oh, okay.
0: <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> 350 mils is 12 ounces, but that's, that's the Okay, deal. yes,
2: 12-ounce 12 12 yeah. cans.
0: Well, I mean, we whatever, it's fine. Short cans. They're, short cans.
2: They're a novelty up here, um, but because the, the LCBO asked for everyone to put everything in tall cans and that's just that's just the format so Mm. a lot of breweries have started to carry these smaller formats and so i i carry only that and that's been really fun because people at first it's called hot mess i work at a place called hot mess Tex next
0: oh right
2: sounds like a dive bar except it's actually like amazing food really great beer and all that but it took a long time to sort of curate this experience and have people understand like what it was just beyond the name and um, I think obviously the Cicerone and the Advanced Cicerone is in in every way it helps, right? Because people take you a little bit more seriously. You know, if I'm just like some some woman that drinks beer, you know, I do have a lot of people that don't necessarily take me seriously. Right. And I, I, admittedly, it it was one of the factors in like, okay, I want to you know I want to get the certification is because it's like I know my shit, but this certainly helps. (laughs) certainly helps people be like, okay, you know what, we're going to go visit Lauren because she's on the bar. Not not only do I curate the list and I'm the man, like the bar manager, but I'm physically on the bar most days. So it does help people can come to the bar and like, you know, pick my brain about stuff. And I love that. I have a lot of, um, solo, you know, beer drinkers that that do come out and like to to chat every week. so that's mm. it's really fun. It does help it, it so Its so we have become a beer bar, which I think my boss never imagined we would be. And now we've become a whole separate kind of restaurant, which is really cool.
0: so when you say short can like short cans is it like no draft at all?
2: No, we don't do draft, which is not that's pretty uncommon. like draft is is definitely the standard up here. but. Okay. Um, we just don't we it's a really small bar. I could put a couple 30s like in my back bar, but we also do have a pretty extensive cocktail program. So I need my fridges. Right. And um, it's it's just that's just what we do. We just decided he originally when I came on when we opened, um, he had small short cans of, you know, Budweiser Coors Light. Right. And I was like, "Um, well, I need this I need this job at the moment. But like, how about you let me try to curate something fun? If you want to stick to short cans, let's do that. It's going to be tough for me to find some. But now, two years later, I have, I think, 26 different awesome like Ontario, like craft beer cans in there right now. So it's everyone's starting to put this in this, this format. It's not necessarily in the LCBO, but I buy them directly from the brewers. And that's important to me as well, because I. You know, I value my relationships that I have with these breweries, and call up the reps, and they bring them to me every week. And it's just a fun thing where people are like, "Where can I find this? Can I can I get this at the LCBO?" And you're like, "No, you have to physically go to the brewery to get this." And
0: or you know, can come so here to Hot Mess. Tech mix.
2: Sorry,
0: I said or you can come here to Hot Mess. Yeah, mix. if here, you're exactly. in if you're so in Toronto, look it up. It's, good it's fun. So. Um, is availability like – so So you have – that sort of limits what you can bring in because I imagine that of all the, the, the many new Toronto breweries, not all of them can. And then when they do, they don't all use the short can format. Uh, does that is that like a frustrating factor or is there enough selection for you to feel like you can do what you need to do?
2: I would say a year ago if someone came up with something in a short can, I was like, sweet, I'll take it. Right. But now this year it's like, okay, there's 10 IPAs in a short can. Now I can actually choose the one that I really – really think should be in the fridge so that's it's a lot more exciting people are just like changing up the formats i think there's some some laws that are just a little bit more lax and um there's also uh two mobile canning lines that are
1: okay. um,
2: get really popular here like they're getting tons, tons of work so um that's become a massive um you know uh that's just become a big thing where this these two different mobile canning lines are going around and giving them the options of these short cans and i mean it's great it works out for everybody
0: so is there like a this is a this is a brewing industry question i don't know the answer to but i feel like I, I should so how big in terms of like the the size of a of barrel production does a brewery need to be before they start to can like are there any like nano breweries that you can work with that, that are brewing like five seven barrel batches or are they are they typically much bigger
2: yeah, I think they're typically much bigger. I don't really have like a technical answer to that question, just because I'm not physically in a brewery, and sure. those numbers don't come to me easy. But um, no, I think it's it's definitely. I don't think the canning line's going to come to you under like a certain heck. Like I think it, there's pro- definitely a minimum. I think with anything right. like that, it's I, it's it's a big endeavor to bring all of the equipment and to go through the process. I don't think it's cost effective to do a small run.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah, the canning lines are are, are sweet though. They uh, the I think it's really fun. Lines. Yeah, like you just hey, we'll just drive up, we'll can all your stuff, and then we'll drive away. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, that business model is pretty lucrative kind of-
2: business. Yeah, like I think they're doing really well, which is great. And it's it's fun because like people have adopted you know the kind uh, sort of like those the plastic shrink wrap has kind of gone out of style, and now right. people are just putting you know, fun stickers sticker on, cans. like, blank cans. <laughs> yeah. Sticker cans it's are all the rage, fun. yeah. It's it's kind of fun because people look at it. I get customers that say two very, very different things. They think, oh, wow, this is super budget. Or they think, oh, this is really exclusive.
1: Oh, I because love Because it's sticker obviously cans. a
2: small run if they're not putting too much effort into the can. So it's like you see both people being, like, you know, they, they look at them differently. But,
0: yeah. So... You, you mentioned I think it's really fascinating that you guys started off as a bar that served uh, American macros and then you were given the license to come in and curate a wider selection can can you talk about ha- has your clientele changed or has the people who used to come to hot Mess text masks uh, grown with you as you guys have introduced more options
2: uh, I get that question a lot actually we do still carry macro and it's just because we are like this sort of funny niche Texas themed bar. Like we, we want to carry like, you can't have Texas without a bud. Come on. And we, and we carry like a Modelo and stuff too. So we, we do have a massive clientele that comes in and, and, you know, crushes Modelo, which is perfectly fine because it doesn't Mm -hmm. really take away from the other clientele. And you know, when I do the ordering, we used to order so much Modelo and now, uh, you know, I do my numbers at the end of the week and it's like, we're just pushing so much craft beer and those numbers are changing. So we still carry it. We still, we don't, you know, we don't um, alienate like any of that. If you want to come in and drink Modelo, come in and drink Modelo. Right. But we have really fantastic craft beer for the people that want to come in and like do untapped, you know? Right. So we, are the, we just cater to everybody.
0: Are the uh, are the margins similar? Like, are, are you like, if, if you turn out, you know, 100, 100 cans of Medello versus 100 cans of like a local craft beer, how, like, is that, does that make a difference for the bar?
2: Um, it it does, it depends. Like I have some, you know, there's some craft breweries that are priced like incredibly, incredibly fairly, like sometimes lower than, than these macros, right? which is shocking, right? Because, yeah. you know, these ingredients are, are so expensive, but, um, and then I have, you know, some craft breweries we carry that are, are much more expensive. It all works itself out. We don't like to, I don't like to price things based on like, the cost per can it's right. sort of like this is the price point and then this is the higher price point and it all works itself out
0: right so you guys have that's, like a macro price point and a craft pra- price point
2: yeah i have like kind of two craft price points but like it's it's i it's incredibly reasonable and then um it yeah it just all works itself out i think it all just balances itself out in the end and that gives me the luxury of bringing in something that's maybe a little bit more expensive and keeping it affordable and then you know the other ones just subsidize it. So
0: sweet. So let's, let's kind of break out of the hot mess Tex-Mex, uh, story and talk about your, your professional career outside of that in terms of the, the freelance work. Um, can you talk about like you, you've spoken publicly about beer. You've done a lot of beer festivals. What's been your favorite engagement as a freelance beer speaker?
2: Um, hmm, that's an interesting question. Uh,
0: i I apologize to all the people who you really
2: like rewarding experiences um just you know i really love doing the festival stuff because you engage with people that um that that are really learning something and Mm. they they have a kind of a, a different experience than i think they expected to coming to an event some 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 of which are like i came here not really into beer and i'm leaving like knowing so much more and I don't know. I just, I find it really gratifying to, to teach. I think it's something that I've always, um, well maybe not always, but I think recently really found out that I, I really enjoy teaching. I, I like right. doing staff training. I like, I like imparting things that I've learned to make my life easier and more interesting and like helping other people, you know, um, make more money in their bar. I like teaching people how to, um, you know, make their bar jobs more exciting for themselves. Like, right. And, you know the knowledge is is so fun to impart on your your customers. But so when I do staff training, I I really get a lot out of that because, you know, we're all in Toronto. Toronto is a very expensive city. Right. Um, there's a lot of servers, bartenders. You got to be good at your job, and you got to make enough money to be able to live here. And mm. the more you learn about beer, the more money you're going to make. And I I learned that years ago. Like people want to learn, they want to listen to you talk about this stuff. So, yeah, I think I would say staff training. I get a lot out of that.
0: That's awesome. So. In terms of staff training, are are you like who's more likely to to ask you to come and talk to to their servers or their bartenders, uh, like a, a brewery who's trying to just increase their ability to to teach their teach about their beer, or a bar like Hot Mex Tex Mex who's who wants to 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 sell craft beer from different places?
2: I would say it's probably more likely for me to get asked by a restaurant okay. or like a bar that um, because the bars are realizing okay, I need to cater to this clientele. I don't know how to, I don't have that knowledge. So I want to bring in beer, but I'm obviously going to need someone to help. But like breweries, they do a lot of internal staff training. Obviously a lot of the, you know, those brewers are teaching their own staff and the owners are usually know a lot about beer. I mean, there's some people that are in it for different reasons, but usually those people are, they do all internal staff training. And so then that becomes difficult as a freelancer that doesn't necessarily work for a a brewery is right. that when when they send their products to a bar, they they want to also do that their their own training. Um, so so there's a lot of people doing it. It's just I'm doing it in a, in a more broader sense. Like I don't I don't like to commit myself to one brand. I like to work with many brands.
0: Sweet, yeah, that's awesome. So, um, can you can you talk about like? Oh, that's gonna get cut. I just lost it. Jason, ask a question. What? An off the wall question or a real yeah, question? Yeah, it's a good time for an off the wall question. Oh,
1: can we not cut out the fact that you. I'll leave it like, in. You're going
0: to leave it in. I'll leave it in. Aaron's
1: going to leave in his flub. Okay, here's my question to you, Lauren. Lauren, are you ready for this? I think so. So, okay, so there's a wall. <laughs> I, this, I need to prepare you for this. There's a wall, right? And this question and the wall, they're not together. The, the question's not on the wall. Are you sure you're ready for that?
2: Um. Okay.
1: Okay, so if um, every time Aaron, this Aaron, this one sitting next to me, if every time he asked a question starting with can you talk about, had you said no, how long would this episode be right now?
2: I didn't notice that's how he was
1: is that are you making fun two of him? Two and a half minutes. It? it would be two and a half minutes long.
0: <laughs> two and a half minutes. Thank you, Jason. That was the that was the most thanks Jason. I feel like I spent a lot of time making fun of Jason on the show, so that's super fair. I didn't
1: even notice. Uh, I didn't either Well okay No apparently also, I did But like it's fine Long
0: time Tiny Tim listeners Of the show Long will time Tiny Tim
1: Flapping Inflatable Flailing arm Flailing tube man Time traveling listeners My
0: favorite impulsive segue Is the word fantastic So um, I used to I used to cut it out a lot uh, But then I stopped editing so much Because it's a free podcast And uh, there's not enough people Listening <laughs> for me to do. make money I
1: do For people listening at home I also My segue is jazz hands And we still cut that out Every time So I've said it 37 <laughs> times this episode and if you don't hear it it's because we've cut out
0: (laughs) cut out the jazz (laughs) hands yes that that is awesome um wow that's fantastic so let's uh let's jump from jason's off the wall question that uh gives me a hard time uh lauren can you talk about how much you do or don't want to play the cookies uh the uh the can you talk about how much you do or don't want to play the uh they said what game Oh no! I'm actually really looking forward to that. Okay, fan, fantastic. Okay, fantastic. Let, for, let, for that's you, right. I just did it. I didn't even mean to do that. That was unintentional. Um, all right. So Diane F is drinking this beer. Hold on. Um, you have to
1: explain. Sometimes new listeners come oh, on board. Aaron. We talked
0: about it. Oh no, we talked about it off the air. So this is. They said <laughs> what? Uh, this is a. Uh, this is the worst episode from me ever. Uh, but, Lauren, you've been great, so thank you for rescuing the show. Uh, this is They Said What. We are going to read some untapped reviews. I'm going to give as much information to our guest, Lauren, as I can about the beer from the untapped review without actually saying – I will not say the if they're drinking the beer at a place, I'll tell her where they drank it, unless they're drinking it at the place where it was brewed, where, of course, I won't tell them uh, where it was brewed. That's too much information, but – um. We have adjusted the rules based on some feedback, and basically we want people to be, have some small chance of winning uh, this ridiculously difficult game. So this is going to be a Toronto-based beer, um, so we, we cut it down to to a specific location to make it uh, at least possible to, to guess the beer based on three untapped reviews. Um, Oh
2: God! Okay,
0: uh, it it is possible. It is difficult. So I'll read everything I can. So by the way, I used to call these four units because I didn't realize. So Untapped has like you can rate it, you know, one to five or whatever, and they're not stars. I think they're bottle caps.
1: They're supernovas. They're they're bottle. They're going supernova.
0: We're gonna call it bottle caps. I just thought they were like star shaped dealies, whatever. Uh, So Diane F is drinking this uh, beer, Um, and it doesn't say where she's drinking it. Uh but she does give it four bottle caps, which is a nice a nice uh a nice rating. She's drinking it out of a can, and she earned the for the can level five badge. That's not What's that, her review. That's not the productive. And oh. she says, The more I sip, the more I enjoy. This is a nice, light, chocolatey stout, very smooth. So she gave you some good information. Diane F, thank you for contributing to Untapped. Hi, Diane. All right. Let's keep you going. You
2: gave me no information. Well, it's uh, a chocolatey
0: style. That's way better. Sometimes the style smooth. doesn't co- Sometimes the style does not come up in the untapped reviews. We basically read <laughs> the
1: first three that <laughs> right. aren't garbage. Scroll
0: back up. Scroll back up for just well, a I second. Well, i got to scroll down but to the next no, comment. There's a
1: picture of just – there's just a picture of a cat – licking the can yeah but i can't
0: communicate that well on the no, show so i feel skip like it. that
1: needed to be noted there's there just was a the cat, cat licking, licking a, can. a can so
0: that's extra that's extra benefit to you there's a cat licking a can on someone's review cat approved um, lauren it's cat approved um dean m is also drinking this beer and he is not telling us where he drank it so Hi, sorry dean. Uh, dean um he earned the newbie badge uh he drank it out of a can And uh, what's nice – oh, sorry. He actually purchased this beer where it was brewed. It does say that. I I read it out of order. At the brewery. Uh, First beer rating. So he's a new beer raider. He says, quite uh, a bit like Kilkenny, a bit fruity but okay, Uh, could probably drink one only, uh, and then a puke emoji. Three stars. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, what yeah I you know that's really interesting he gave it 3 bottle tops I think if I'm putting a puke emoji after a beer yeah. I'm getting one bottle top <laughs>
2: That's, uh, yeah, that's a bit confusing.
0: I don't know what DNM. I
2: don't trust him. I don't trust that guy at all.
0: Yeah, I know. And, you know, uh, okay, I feel so, like I'm so, trying to make less fun of the people who do this based on the feedback from our last guest. Uh, if you listen to the show, <laughs> you'll know why. She she criticizes making fun of people. But I think it's, it's fair to make fun of someone who uses a puke emoji and then gives it three bottle tops. That's super fair.
1: Some people, you know, it, yeah. that's a disease at that point. If you enjoy throwing up, please see a doctor. It's not healthy. We love you and we want you to see help.
0: Um... So Kelly B. is also drinking this beer, and she drank it where it was brewed, so I can't tell you where she drank it, um, and she says it is, I feel like you got kind of host because sometimes they purchase them at bars, and you being a part of, like, uh, how awesome would it be if one of them was they drank it at your bar? That would yeah. really help yeah, you out. Per- yeah. <laughs> that, that, didn't, that didn't happen, so they all went to the place it was brewed, and Kelly B. says, this is great if you like stouts, and the sweetness is very subtle. Uh, she gives it four bottle tops, and she also, or she drank it out of a can. And she earned the Cheers to You badge, and she also earned the Middle of the Road Level 5 badge. We don't know what the badges mean, so sorry.
1: Have fun. Interesting. Uh, okay. I don't know
2: what they mean either. So. Yeah.
0: So let's think about this. What, what do we have? It's so we know it's a stout. Chocolate stout. We know that the sweetness in the stout is... Oh, gosh. It went away. Subtle. It's subtle. According to Kelly. Subtle Hi, Kelly. sweetness. Uh, and we, we, we know that Dean M, who uses a puke emoji and gives three stars, says it's like a Kilkenny, which... Do you know what that is? I don't know what that is.
2: Yeah. It's so... So it's saying they drink it at a brew. So at the brewery in mm. Toronto,
0: they drink it. Yeah, they they purchased it at the place where it was brewed, which are, is.
1: Okay. Are you a hundred percent sure
0: this brewery is in Toronto? Let, let, let me confirm that the, the the brewery is in Toronto. I'm pretty pretty sure. But that we it
1: do is. know, given that they all went to the brewery, it's probably not.
0: Uh, I'm well, going to guess and that's it has not to be distributed widely. It right. has to. Uh, uh, the brewery is in North Bay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That might be too much information or not enough information, but I don't know anything about the geography of Canada. Um,
2: North Bay, okay. So it's Um,
0: a, yeah. The brewery is in North Bay, and it's a big enough brewery that they're selling cans over the counter, which I don't know. Here, that that means they're reasonably big.
2: Yes. I don't know. Like, I don't even know where North Bay is. Like, that's how. Yeah,
0: that makes three of us. That makes three.
2: Ontario is very large. I could drive for twenty hours and still be in Ontario.
0: Oh, here we're gonna pull it up on the map. <laughs> North so. Bay. So do you have any? Do you have any? So
2: honestly, I probably don't even know the name of that brewery. That's so obscure. It is.
0: Uh, Here's uh, what we're I, do. I can give you a hint. Here's it's, not the,
1: it's not an old brewery. Yeah. So it's yeah. not an
0: old brewery. All oh, right. That's not the kind of hint that you think it is. That's,
1: uh, I just will say it. It's not old. Um, yeah, it might be
0: new. The beer, <laughs> it might, the in fact,
1: be new. <laughs> uh, I, I, and,
2: okay. Oh, it's like new Ontario brewing?
0: Maybe that's the brewery. That's, in fact, the brewery. That Good job. Brewery. Way to take the hint. We like when people win okay. the game. Okay. So it's a new Ontario brewing company brewery. Uh, they're in North Bay.
2: Why would they name? I'm not going to say anything about it
0: it's quite the name you might buy their the name. You um, might buy their... oh they're very far from you
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i like oh, yeah. that's very far they're north of like... the
0: algonquin provincial park which google maps said was important oh, to put far. yeah yeah they're north of there yeah okay. yeah
1: just a little <laughs> bit
0: just a little bit east of Sudbury, for those of you who are canadian uh map people all right
1: that so, uh, as I- so I, feel- I
2: mean, okay. If you're saying it's like K-L candy, if you're saying it's like okay, so it's not. I'm going to say it's not an imperial because they didn't give me any reason to believe that it's like right. big and sickly sweet.
1: Yeah, um, I said it was uh, not too sweet. They
2: make, but I'm assuming because they're new, they make all like the basics. So it's probably like an Irish stout. It's mm. probably like or a milk stout, but no one said it was really sweet. Unless that because some people perceive sweetness if they're not used to a lot of stouts. So I don't know. Just like uh, your old flagship Irish stout.
0: I feel like I feel like. I feel like you did a nice enough job there. It's the cookies and cream milk stout. So it is their milk stout. Oh,
2: it's a milk stout. It okay. is a milk
0: stout, yeah. Okay. Well um, someone
2: did say it was sweet, so I was in in that world. But
0: not sickly sweet. But so they they kind of they they, they they made it difficult. But we know they they tasted what they tasted on that day, just like the blonde. He did say
2: puke emoji. Milk stout's not for everybody. So. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, that could have been a hit there.
0: That could have been a hit, yeah. I mean, but you know, there's someone who'll puke emoji every beer. Yeah, absolutely. They don't like beer. Yeah, well, or, I mean, just, (laughs) I mean, any given person. So, I feel really bad. Next time I'll prepare better. I told you it would be a Toronto beer, and it's a beer that's thousands of miles. I don't know how many miles. very far away from you. Yeah, it's like the equivalent of, like, two states away from you. It's two states away from you. That was a a jerky thing to do.
1: So, like, the only town that I've been to, the only town I've visited in Canada, it was Whitehorse. And I remember it was, which is not Toronto, For sure, (laughs) but I do remember it was, in fact, like 45 minutes between, well, it was like 35 to 45 minutes between the two breweries that were there, which it's a small town. It's a lovely town. Have you been, Lauren? I haven't. It's a super bit of a hike from everywhere. It's hard to get to. But You're
2: saying saying Whitehorse?
1: Yeah, it's lovely. Oh, it's a beautiful town. Uh, Well, I I don't know. Maybe I was just, it was my first, honestly, okay, my first time out of the country-
2: like, I'm looking it up. So, wait, you're talking about the Yukon? Yeah. Oh, my God. Do you know how far that is? From yeah.
1: Me? No, I do you know how far that is for me? <laughs> yes. It's it's a bit it's of a hike. so
2: far. But, no, I've never been to the Yukon. I mean, I'd love to get up there, but uh, yeah, there's, there's still a lot of Canada that I haven't seen. Like, it's, it's big.
0: You know what? <laughs> All right. We're 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 playing the game again because I want to be more generous to you. You ready? We're going to do it quick this time, though. Okay. All right. This is actually a brewery that is in Toronto. We totally 100% promise. Sure. We are, we, we promise. Okay. So, uh, the first review, uh, and again, I'm just reading the first three. So I, I haven't curated this at all. Dylan M is drinking this, uh, and he's drinking it at the Brick House Brew Pub. That might help you out. I don't know if it does. Uh, he gives it four and a half bottle tops and he says wicked brew, uh, with two exclamation points. He is drinking it on draft. Uh, okay. Javon V is drinking this And he's drinking at the Loose Moose Tap and Grill And he says it hit the spot Nice juicy brew with both sour and IPA elements mm. Nice grapefruit Very drinkable Good start to round two wraps this weekend good start to round two wraps this weekend that's not a real sentence um
2: no can you sorry can you say the first review again
0: yeah i can go with the first review the first review is wicked brew exclamation point exclamation point four and a half bottle tops
2: oh so that okay and yeah.
0: that's it brick house brew Pub.
1: uh earned the pucker up badge level 31 this dude likes
0: and it. he also earned the verified adventure level 95 badge hello so, dylan dylan drinks a lot of beer uh those are high numbers uh javon v yes hits the spot nice juicy brew with both sour and ipa elements nice grapefruit very drinkable good start to round two wraps this weekend i don't I don't know what that means okay so uh,
1: sour uh yeah cool um mm-hmm. and okay. then
0: uh Renaud p i hope i'm saying Renaud's name correctly uh Renaud p is drinking it and says almost has a little peachy taste to it good sour he has it in a bottle and he gives it four caps, and he earned the Photogenic Brew Level 10 badge. So he took a picture of it. <laughs> the good picture is not good. It's, oh, no, the picture is good. The, the preview picture was just the top of the bottle with nothing on it. So, all right. <laughs> Good-looking bottle. All right.
2: So that's, that's all I got?
0: Yeah, this is a Toronto beer. Let me see if I can give you one more because those were the last one was
2: uh, I mean, like, it's uh, probably like a dry hop sour or something. Yeah, if it. he's talking about the hop and the, the sour. Um, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people are doing styles like that. So, so it makes it difficult. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you I don't s- know. Yeah. So do <laughs> like you want to guess the. Is the, it, you is guess it the, the Jelly b- King? <laughs> it's
0: not Jelly King. I don't know what that sure. is. Um, So I'll, I'll give you the brewery uh, just for fun. So it is sure. by Halo.
2: Okay. Oh my God. I was thinking Halo if it wasn't um, Bellwoods. Uh, I honestly don't. Am I guessing it by like name?
0: Uh, you can say by by style is fine. I think that would be fine. But then you know, uh, style is whatever is, they call hold on,
1: it. We should all let's take a let's take a second. There is no prize. Yeah, there's like, no, no one. Yes, no. I understand it, that. Okay,
2: so but Halo does a lot of IPAs and they do a lot of fruited beers. They do a lot of sours. So can I just say it's their sour IPA?
0: Yeah, it's their sour. In fact, they call it a farmhouse. So sour farmhouse IPA from Halo Brewery. It's called Shapeshifter.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Right. I
0: feel like this is a win. It has a really pretty bottle. It does have a really a really pretty they bottle. They
2: have amazing d- design work. Yeah. Their branding is fantastic.
0: So, I mean, I think... So, you're a musician and uh, uh, also a registered serone. Can you talk about how being an artist affects both the way you make beer and the way you do your job?
1: Remember, if you say no to that question...
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I...
2: I... I mean, I... I guess, like, yeah, the creative side has to come out in one way or another. Right. And, like, when I'm making a recipe or, or whatever, it's – I don't know. I don't know if they're necessarily, like, they overlap or maybe they just subconsciously overlap. I It's it's another outlet for me. I, I'm not currently, like, singing as much as I would like to. I find beer's actually been very busy. So it's, it really keeps a lot of my time. But I find it I can still be fairly creative – with um recipe development and just um and beer is so broad and vast and like there's there's so much to talk about in terms of like flavor interactions and and food pairings and things it is a very creative uh thing so yeah it's it's another it's a just a different version of an uh, outlet i guess sure
0: it's sort of like just you coming through in a, in a different way for for this topic so um i think what's interesting is you're in advanced cicerone. and you talked earlier about um, either on the recording or off the recording. I'm not sure. But you, you talked about how you like to be around people uh, who you can learn from and who can help you grow. Uh, but you've reached sort of a milestone that not a lot of people have reached. How do you kind of keep yourself immersed uh, in people who can support you in growth instead of being just the person giving?
2: Right. Well, I think a lot of it for me right now is is brewing. I think I, I as much as I love teaching... Um, I think eventually I want to be brewing and that's something Mm. that I, I still have so much to learn. So, um, and I think it's, it is, um, a collaborative effort because when I come into a brew house, I, you know, I have a lot of book smarts, so I I have a lot of knowledge on things like, like that. Like I, I know the, why, I know why things are happening the way they're happening at different temperatures and things like that. And so I think I have something to offer, but in terms of like logistics of a brew house, like, I'm learning so much from people just being like physically hands-on learning from from brewers now. So there's so much for me to learn. And I think once I learn that side, then that's going to be really exciting. Once I can once I'm comfortable to go into an actual brew house and be brewing completely independently, I think once everything is all together, I think. I think I can make some half decent beer. I'm kind of excited about that.
1: So. Nice. Well and I think the, the the nice thing is, uh when we've talked to brewers, a lot of the work is you know, a lot of people come in thinking like, oh, you're drinking and you're making beer and that's great and it's artisa it's you're an artist and you're doing a thing, but really the work is kind of just generally unsexy. And I think coming yeah, it's com- hard work. It's hard work and coming at it from the academic standpoint, you're already on board with the unsexy part of the job. Right?
2: Yeah, I'm stoked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stoked to shovel that grain. Yeah. Yeah. Like out. it's hard work, but it's I mean, any work like worth it's so cliche. It's like anything worth doing is hard. But it's like, you know, it it is. I think at yeah. the end of the day, what you get to just hang out and like drink an amazing product that you made. And it's a product that like makes everybody feel good. Right. So it's like you're contributing in so many ways. I just think the the idea of a brewery is so like romantic to me because it's like you're helping your community it's like self-sustainable in like all these small little communities they have a place Mm. to like meet and socialize you're giving farmers work you're giving you know your spent grains going to like feed animals and you're giving so many people jobs and like a place to all be together and be happy and it's just like it's so romantic to me it just seems like what like why wouldn't i want to like this to be my goal and this to be like you know how i want to spend my life i just feel like it's just that sounds lovely. Yeah, yeah,
0: I mean, I think that's the – I feel like when you find something that you're passionate – like so many people are like, oh, you should do something you're passionate about. And I think that's also a cliche and a lot of people like search for a long time to find it. But then like when you when you do find it, it's that thing where you can study a whole bunch and sit for 30 hours in an exam because you like – do. like you couldn't possibly do that if you didn't love what you were doing.
2: No, I, I genuinely love studying – I really enjoyed preparing for this exam and to the point where I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll put myself through the master just because I, I really like learning and, and just find it really fascinating. And it's not something that, well, it was just like completely organic. Right. I just, I, I fell into beer. It became like this incredible community of people. It was so Mm -hmm. interesting. Like there's really nothing. What's not to love. Like it's, it's great.
0: So I have, I have one question, and I, I, I want to get it into the show before. We're coming up on, on time. Um, and one of the things that we talked about before we started recording um, is kind of how the Cicerone program uh, m- may kind of encourage not only, like, information about beer but on, on serving beer in restaurants and specifically pairing it with food. Um, can you talk about that aspect of, of the program, which is something, uh, as Adam, our wonderful listener, noted, has not been on the show a lot because I think it's intimidating and don't like to talk about it.
2: Yeah, it can be a little intimidating, I mm-hmm. think, because food pairing is is very creative. There are fundamental principles that you can take that, um, you know, like, you know, like hops and, you know, bitterness is going to accentuate the capsaicin heat in your food. So if you have like a spicy taco mm-hmm. in an IPA, that's going to like accentuate it. So there's like principles that are just based on like science. But right. then there's so much that doesn't make any sense and you're like, but this just tastes great together. So, so there is just so much, um, like I guess artistic, like Liberty with that. Um, there's loose rules. So it's, it is a bit intimidating for people. Um, you're never like really, really wrong. You know what I mean? It's like, if it tastes good, then it tastes good. Um, but I've got your peanut butter and
1: my chocolate.
0: What? Yeah, it's so I was on I did Sorry, a wine, cut out I, he oh. said you got your peanut butter in my chocolate uh, and then I was gonna move away from that um, so I was on a I went on on a wine tasting a while back and I you know like I said food pairing is intimidating to me and I, I wasn't really even sure I think at that point in my life that, that 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 pairing food was such a such an art I was like oh you know if, like I, I felt really like okay if the wine tastes good and the food tastes good like what what's really your problem and then like I this guy he did a, it was a wine and cheese thing and he gave me this wine and i drank it it was a dry red and i loved the wine it was good and then he gave me this cheese and i was like okay this is the thing everyone does you do cheese and wine and then after i ate the cheese and then drank the wine again the wine completely changed and i was like oh my god i don't know how he did that it's <laughs> like, yeah, is...
2: it's magical like when you find a pairing like that it's really really special it really brings everything together like there's a reason why we drink beer with food it's just for so long it's been done it, Improper- it's just people weren't informed like you know right. wine they, they pioneered wine so hard as being like that's the one that's the one you pair with your food it's a it's a high-end beverage but beer is such a such a an elevated beverage if you if you do it properly and like and there's so many more flavors in the spectrum of beer that can complement your food like i love wine I'm, I'm a wine drinker for sure but it's the this the what you have like the nutty and the earthy and bitter and sour and fruit and like all these things that you just there's just more more to play with it's just more fun well, but like you just said like you had a pairing that you may be like my right. my example for that is like a barley wine and blue cheese it's just like a classic crazy weird pairing that doesn't make a lot of sense but right. when you try it like i don't particularly love a barley wine and i don't particularly love blue cheese but those two things together are absolutely incredible
0: we will i'm gonna try it because i trust you because you're an advanced discipline. yeah
2: <laughs> definitely definitely try that
0: maybe for the next not the next batch, because we're gonna do that in about 10 minutes and we do not have a barley wine for it <laughs> uh but we will, we it will would definitely go, try that it
2: would actually go really well with the one that we're having right now which is not quite a barley wine I'm no yeah.
0: really it's a close face of this is because it's, it's not old, an imperial
2: stout
1: but it's an
0: old ale they sort of a, say it's yeah. which yeah, is it's an like old ale,
2: yeah which is like very close to a barley wine but yeah, yeah.
1: We in fact there was a brewery that uh, Aaron and I was at. Uh, don't wearing. talk about them. They're fun. they're not they don't exist anymore. The no, Happy Brewery. And they were, they were that, decent people that made mediocre beer, but they had a they were an old ale that, that tasted like beer. a barley wine
0: and green apples. <laughs> oh. No don't don't try to make it i was fine. You know what? It was a place that existed. And, and I'm not even like an off-flavor snob, but it was very much just... They deserve to have
1: tried, and they did try. And let's not end the episode like this.
0: We have <laughs> okay. to... We're almost done. All right. So <laughs> um, let's the- go back. I, I want to just... Uh, and Lauren, you can... We don't really care that much about our, our, our time on the episode. It'll be like from an hour to an hour and 15 minutes, depending on whatever. So uh, can you just... We're going to end the episode. This will be my last question. Um, so can you talk about... The experience of going to San Diego and being a part of a competition that I erroneously said that you won, and kind of talk about yeah, just talk about that experience a little bit, and then we'll end it up. Remember, you can say no. <laughs> can you
2: talk? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, can Yeah, I guess it was like it was kind of surreal to to have won the the Toronto episode just because like I was very new and I was really just sort of uh, I I was winging it. I right. was just saying yes to an opportunity that I wasn't necessarily ready for but Mm -hmm. i do that a lot and uh, i think that's the only way you can like really light a fire under your ass and like work something out is just be like yeah i can do it i can figure it out so it was really exciting when i showed up in la we were actually filming just outside of la so was it anaheim i think okay yeah they said the angels are but i showed up and it wasn't la but um (laughs) still really cool um but they uh it was me as a solo brewer and i uh was up against four teams, and I say teams because they were in teams of like two and three oh, men. Okay. Yeah, which I didn't know. I didn't realize. Like, we did have two two women here in Toronto that were a team. They're sisters. Mm-hmm. They do uh, uh, Crystal and Tara. They're actually a cicerone and an advanced cicerone as well. So we, oh, wow. we do a lot of similar education work. And so they were a team. But that that to me was kind of like, oh, cool. Like I didn't know you could do that. But everybody in the states was in teams. So.
0: Yeah, I mean Jason and I so, were together, so that makes sense. Yeah,
2: yeah, but like it does make sense. And I did have yeah. someone help me, like with my with my sparge and stuff. Like I did need an extra set of hands. But in general, you know, the recipe, the the recipe production and the execution was, you know, it was my my thing. So mm-hmm. I showed up, and it was, um, you know, three guys from New Orleans, uh, three guys from uh, Pittsburgh, two guys from Marfa, Texas, who were rad, became like good buds of mine, and then. Um, three guys from san diego sweet and so it was 11 men and me yeah the only one the only female and the only one from canada so i got a lot of like just like know, crafting gentle, <laughs> gentle poking fun at like oh she's you know she's the canadian or whatever but i did get some you know and and it was never malicious but it was just you know people would say so no one helped you with this, like so. You really oh. are the only one that brewed this. Like yeah. this is actually your recipe. Mm. You know things like that, that. like I didn't think it was ever malicious, but you're kind of like those well, backhanded compliments are that? the worst
0: for sure. <laughs> uh. So
2: there was a little bit of annoyance with. Um, with a little bit of the the level of bringing up that, yeah, I was female and it was brought up on the show actually a few times. And I I wrote an article about it that was published here in a beer uh, magazine, just on my experience of being a female and just how that was treated differently because it was a topic of conversation. I just wanted to talk about beer and it's frustrating when the men just get to talk about beer. They don't have to talk about, well, you know, being a man in this industry, it's been really this or that. It's like, I just want to talk about the pro the the beer that I made and why I made it and why I care about it. And like, um, so yeah, that was an interesting experience. And like the host is a a woman. She's a really strong woman. She gets a lot of crap online Mm. just, you know, because she is an Anheuser-Busch owned brewery. Like she, she sold her, her brewery and she gets, you know, so much flack for that online. But um, oh, so we on. had a lot in common Like we talked about kind of off, off the, um, off air and things like that. And right. I got, I got a lot out of that just because it was really interesting to see, um, just, you know, her as a person and, and to be in a very similar situation where, uh, you, you, you're always going to get, uh, some dude saying something like that. Um, it's, you know, that's just kind of how it is right now, but. It is changing and the conversation's happening. So Right. Well, I think, mm-hmm. I think what you're doing
0: really... affects positive change to that because the more you do and the more you are respected, then the less the question is, hey, how is it that you are a woman in the beer industry? And it's more like, oh, you do this great beer stuff. Can you just come and talk about that?
2: Yeah. Like I've definitely seen a massive shift. Um, it's different from when I started, you know, getting into beer and talking about beer. But like I can't tell you how many times that I've actually... Told people what I do, and Mm. they're very, very shocked, very surprised, and they need a bit of explanation. It does require a bit of explanation. You're like, I do beer education. What does that mean? But then, once I do and what I've accomplished, they still say, Yeah, but do you like beer? (laughs) 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 Like I have men ask me, but do you actually like beer? Do you actually like beer? Is this a real conversation that I'm having right now? Like, I've told you that I study this. This is my life. I'm so passionate about it. Of course, I like beer. It's like it, but I get it a lot, a lot more than you'd... Yeah, it's, it's I, quite I feel shocking. Like, so. I feel
0: like your defi- I, I, I feel like your default answer should be no. But I decided that yeah. as the only woman in the industry it'd be a really good business move and I like money. That's what I, you should answer. Well and I,
1: yeah. I like I like the I mean it's it's a weird it's weird to think about like, oh, there are still barriers to break down and it's two thousand nineteen, but I'm glad that it's happening. You yeah, know? no,
2: definitely. And there's so much conversation here. Um, There's an amazing person, Ren, she's doing – she has this uh, talk that she does uh, called Beer Diversity. And she's just always out there talking and doing – you know, talking at breweries and anywhere. uh, You know, just – she's all around just talking about, you know, inclusivity and, and, you know, just breaking down all these walls of, like, how we perceive, like, what this, like, old boys club is and how it's not that anymore and just – you know, just everyone's just talking about it. I think it's really important.
0: Yeah, I think that's awesome. I think I appreciate that you uh, came on the show today. I feel like I'm, I'm cutting a short, but we are coming up on time. So thank you very much for taking the time. Thank you for putting all the work uh, that you have and sharing some of it with us about about beer. Uh, for our listeners, if you want to reach out to Lauren Richard, uh, you can find her. She is at beergirlca, which I originally thought stood for California because I'm an American and I think everything <laughs> surrounds America. I get
2: that. I get that a lot. Uh, it's but because it's I do Canada. have the website beergirl.ca, which will be up soon.
0: Yeah, fantastic. So uh, you can also check out beergirl.ca. This will all be in our shows. even though if you click that link before she publishes it, it won't do anything. Uh, but we're going to put it in there because the show will last for a long time. So if you want to reach out to Lauren Shard, you can find her by clicking the links in the show. So if you want to give us feedback on the show, which we love and adore, or if you want to ask a question, you can find us at Plato's Gravity on all the social medias, including Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Untapped. You can also email the show at podcast at platosgravity.com. I want to thank you all again for listening to the show. Uh, in the meantime, uh, take advantage of some opportunities that you might be ready for some beer